Boom! We're back. It's like I have to say that every time now. Welcome back to Meet the Creators Live. It's been really exciting doing these. I've uh, been working my butt off trying to get all the episodes out there. What's up, Jack? I see you hopping in. This show is going to be amazing tonight. Uh, James Orsini, who is the president of the Sasha Group, who's the man, by the way, the man. His career has been amazing. Uh, he's here. Uh, sent a request, got your request. Orsini, we should be any second here. Manny's here. What's up, dude? All right, here we go. Here he is. I'm here for you, oh, brother. Yeah. Good, how you doing? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a while, actually. I, sh I shaved today. I'm drinking water. I, uh, I got my <laughs> collared shirt on. I'm taking it seriously. You're looking at the I'm, boss right here, the man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Are you home in Jersey? I am. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Beautiful been, day uh, today, huh? Uh, so uh, nice. Today was actually really, really nice. I mean, uh, yeah. it gets harder to stay inside when you, uh, when you see Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, we have some questions sent in. But uh, for those of you who live under a rock and don't know James Orsini, the legend that he is, uh, fill people in. Yeah, so um, I am uh, currently the president of the Sasha Group, uh, the newest company in the VaynerX world. Mm -hmm. I was uh, formerly chief operating officer for VaynerMedia for the last five years. Actually, that's where Rob and I met. Yeah. When I met uh, you, Gary Vee was on the other side of the wall. That's how I knew it, like you were the real deal, because right. just on the other side of that wall was Gary Vee. That's v. right. I, I had the office uh, next to Gary in Hudson Yards. Yep. Uh, prior to that, I was a CEO of a small publicly traded mobile media company called Cedo Mobile. Uh, I've been chief operating officer for Saatchi and Saatchi. I was chief operating officer for Interbrand. Um, I was uh, global CFO for what is now uh, MSNO Group, Public Relations. Yeah. And I really. Uh, and Goldman Sachs, too. Don't forget Goldman Sachs. That's not yeah, no, I, I was getting to that. I was, I was going to say I cut oh, my sorry. teeth uh, uh, in public accounting on Wall Street. So I, I, I'm a New York State CPA, worked for KPMG. I was an auditor. And I, for Black uh, Monday, right? An analyst down at Goldman Sachs. I listened, I listened to it today, by the way, if you're wondering, how does he remember that? <laughs> I was, on my walk today, I was re-listening to our first episode. So. Well, our our pot, yeah, that was years ago. Actually, I was your first. I was literally your first episode, wasn't I? Uh, well, I one of the first ones I had done on Apple Podcasts, but I had done yeah. it before they were on YouTube and stuff. I looked it up today. It was November. Man, time flies. But November two thousand seventeen. Wow, which is crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. so crazy. Three years, crazy. So, all right, here we go. These are questions from Instagram. If you guys have questions, feel free to drop them below. Uh, and then we're going to get back to the Sasha group and everything uh, while we have some time in between. So that's great. I love the Sasha group, by the way. The Sasha group literally helped me meet my favorite NASCAR driver ever. Uh, at VaynerMedia, I want to thank you. Uh, the people at Vayner have always been great to me. My first live event, uh, you guys actually helped to book some rooms there. So behind the scenes, James has been a huge part of my life. For people, for two guys that haven't really seen each other from 2017, we've kept in, in damn good contact. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good all right, Easy Eight. I think I'm saying that E A Z I Eight. Is there a different way to approach the new clientele as digital marketing agency when the economy is down? And if so, how should I do it? Yeah, I I think this is the time to be human and transparent, right? No, nobody mm -hmm. in these times really want a hard sell. Uh, they want to feel good customer service. Uh, that's not to say that you can't move your product, you know, 
uh, you should be talking about stuff that they're interested in, uh, um, you know, uh, one hour delivery, uh, discounted service, curbside drop off, things that right. resonate well with them now uh, right. would, would be, you know, how I might approach marketing my, my product in, in this, you know. Right. Uh, or showing your innovative time. solutions kind of thing, showing how you can adapt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pe you know, people want to feel that you're feeling what it is that they're feeling, and you know, and how and we all are. I mean, right. you know, it's not to say that some businesses aren't profiting in you know or in these times. I mean, it's just uh, it is the way it is. Uh, but uh, you know, I'd be leaning in more on, on the human side. I I double down on customer service. People will remember you with good customer service during these times. Yeah, for sure. What about when you're in the situations where you're looking at the numbers of things, you know, you've been a chief financial officer, chief operations officer, you're doing kind of similar stuff now with the, the Sasha group. What about when it comes, you know, you know, you know all about overhead and pressure and stuff like that. Yeah. My yeah. advice during these times is uh, this is, this is not the time to profit. This is really the time to be over. This is what we're kind of, advising our clients right now you know we you enjoyed some profits uh, through the end of february likely the second half of, of march uh this is now the time to figure out how to how to retrench how to adapt a little bit to what's happening the world is totally different than when it was just four weeks ago right, right. so um yeah uh, you know we believe that um if you're standing at the end of this you've won Okay. Right. Just it. So, so many, unfortunately, will not be standing. So, if you're one of the ones that happens to be standing at the end of this, you've you've won. Do you think that that is something that? Because I I look at it like, okay, I've kind of been going down this road, been doing this, you know, like 2017, 2016 kind of thing, and you know, it's funny. Like Gary always talks about. Um, and it's funny, I've actually, weirdly enough, be, been kind of prepared for this moment because Gary always talks about this, this generation is going to get punched in the mouth by, you know, some economics, something is going to happen. And yeah. like the economy is so good right now, like something will happen. And now I'm here. And I, and I remember when I, when I heard those things, I thought to myself, well, if it does happen, I'll, I'll be a guy who, who gets through it. But how much of it do you think is like out of your control? And how much of it is you just stepping up to the plate and even with the circumstance of just kind of pushing on through that. Well, you know, I, uh, I did a webinar earlier this week uh, with a guy by the name of Matt Higgins, uh, who is uh, a guest on Shark Tank periodically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, and he, uh, um, he, he gave advice in, in three sound bites. He said, one, uh, absorb. Absorb the fact that the world is different than what it was just four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and and really uh, this is not about profits at this time he said to adapt and that is figure out a way to survive and stay through this and and the third thing and that really comes from his time uh as chairman of the miami dolphins now he, he said uh to to attack he said you know as a football uh in, in the game of football you can't really win with defense and, and so many of us are in defense mode right now. He said, but take a piece of your business and move it to offense okay, right. during these times. So yeah. wh whatever, you know, whatever that is, I can tell you what we're doing in the Sasha group uh, to move a piece of our business to offense. But, you know, um, uh, just 
take a piece because that's how you win the game. Offense right. wins the game. Defense doesn't. Yeah. Kind of just keeping your eye on, like, the long game. Exactly. You know, what's so funny is I, I usually, like, kind of, when I have other guests in the show, I, I kind of throw out these 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 Gary-isms and they kind of get our past. But I feel like for you, you're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. Here we go. Next question. <laughs> um, it says, some people say, looking forward to watching. Can't wait for the show. You're a great thought leader. That was a nice comment that somebody left there. I totally agree with that. I think that you put out some brilliant stuff. Was um, that for me or for you? That's for you. No, not for me. <laughs> I'm just the means to an end for these people. I'm just the, uh, the humble servant here. Okay, our customers are clearly, I like this guy, this guy gets right, to, or, sorry, this girl, Elizabeth uh, Nader official. My mm -hmm. apologies, Elizabeth, that's my mom's name. Uh, our customers are clearly sitting on their money right now and not making buying decisions. Right in line with your question. Do, you, do we respect this time and not try to include them in the, the sale with promotional office? That's actually a good a little nuance there. Promotional officers and sales, all while keeping in touch to ensure the relationship is there when they are ready to go. So, like, do you run promotions? Do you discount? How's yeah, that yeah, I, I'd be running promotions. I'd be discounting because uh, you know cash is king at this time, and people are watching watching their dollar, dollars. Uh, we're also seeing where we are getting gouged, right? So right. I noticed, uh, you know, the few times that I actually did go to. Uh, to a supermarket during this time, I can see the prices have have gone up. Yeah, um, I know. You know, so, so <laughs> I see where you're doing acne and shopper. I see it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, discounting is good. Um, uh, this is a time to to give uh, give more than you're taking, right? So so let me give you an example. At the Sasha Group, we're gonna we were supposed to launch a subscription product in April. Okay, um, a paid subscription, uh, weekly content type product. Right. What we decided to do was, hey, during these times, let's give the product away for free for five weeks. OK, right. uh, let's create a community around this this product. Yeah. OK, uh, and then we'll monetize the product. Right. So so it's fine. You know, Gary just wrote about this uh, a week or two ago about, um, uh, you know, taking free content that eventually becomes monetized, right? right. Think, of, think of his Ask Gary V shows. When I first started there, he was doing Ask Gary V. And yep. some guy dialed in and said, Gary, why are you giving this all away for free? And right. he said, oh, it's no problem. He goes, someday I will monetize it and you'll pay me again to have the same information. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what happened. He wrote a book. It was the Ask Gary V book, right? And it yep. included all the stuff that people were dialing in for again codified in one spot and it became a new york times uh, bestseller yeah so um so it's okay I, I, to... I believe you said guilting the shit out of people is basically what he was doing so he <laughs> which, which it's true though and it, and it is true there have been so many times where i've been down in the dumps or something went wrong and gary was with you know like screaming into uh uh i was gonna say camcorder for some weird reason i don't know if i was gonna say that but you know some inspirational thing and then it comes out and he's got a book and it's $30. I'm buying that book. It's just, it's yeah. a long-term play. But like when he climbed like New York Times bestseller, I think his shoe had more than The weekend, which is, cr I mean, I don't know a lot about shoes and all that much about culture, but that's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And that so was playing the long game with free content. I, I totally, I love it. Yeah. And recognizing that branding is different than selling, right? They're, they're two different things, but branding, if done right, will help sell down the road right yeah. so so uh you know th this is a time when people are, are retrenching their business i was on uh, um, a call today uh with, with a woman who owns uh, acupuncture spa you know 
uh, and now uh, the brick and mortar is closed, obviously, uh, right. because the non-essential business. Um, uh, and they started, uh, you know, doing some online uh, meditation and things like that. Right. Uh, and what they're finding is that the audience now is much bigger than they would have ever gotten in the retail store just in New York. They're touching yeah. people in California. They have people in in London. So, you know, that they're going to go back to a retail store after this is over. But the fact of the matter is now they've broadened their audience uh, right. beyond what they could have done. And I think that there's a lot of optimism, too, in just like uh, the, the boundless utility of the, of the Internet. And people are... Most people don't have to make these connections, but people are finding out ways, you know, fam like just last night, my wife was playing like a family game night. And, you know, this is, this is crazy technology. If you can go back in time, you know, 10 years ago when this happened, this would be a totally different story. But I think that people are realizing the outcomes of this stuff. My wife just today was doing virtual guitar lessons from home. She's a music teacher. Yeah. Didn't have to leave the house. Same thing. And the student was more active in their participation because she wasn't there to hold her hand. And right. there was that disconnect. So I think a lot of people would say, oh, I can't do music lessons anymore. It's like, this is the time to test putting something virtually and have it be at scale, like you said, kind of worldwide. Yeah, so. we're, we're doing that uh, as well at the Sasha Group. I mean, uh, we're moving to a virtual whiteboard session using technology that allows us to, you know, uh, uh, separate people in, in a room if it were going to be a breakout session right. uh, or, uh, you know, put some post-its on the wall. So you know, uh, we're, we're continuing to, to service, um, yeah. launching another product called mixtapes that will allow us, uh, you know, people who obviously can't produce new content during this time, you know, the production studios like we have right. in city, uh, might be closed or something like that. Um, uh, but we, uh, we have an expertise in, uh, what we call DJing or sweating assets, you know, one piece of, hero video that we then kind of chop up into multiple pieces and uh, can turn that around in a week to 10 days uh, yeah. and push it back to you. So, so you can post what feels like, uh, you know, new fresh content. Yeah. A lot of the strategies that you guys have employed over the years have, uh, have really kind of influenced me directly, you know, thinking just about the, the shoot from the hip strategy, the random, the, the impromptu hopping on Instagram live, like, I kind of learned that by watching you and Gary and all, all the people there. And, um, and even just thinking about, you know, when this is all said and done, you know, I've always been interested in the production side of things and, you know, like going to tour Long Island city and seeing all those different um, offerings that you guys have there. What just, you know, as, as somebody who, who works among all these different tenants of business, what are you the most excited about? Because I think people see it on YouTube and it looks cool and it's like a show but then when I go there and I see the scale of it, like the size of the Long Island City office, I'm like, wow, this is some shit. So what are you, sorry, what are you the most excited about? And, and what is the future, you know, given the, let's say, cutscene five years ahead from now, what does that look like? Well, um, look, I, I'm certainly excited about this new offering that Gary Berth uh, and the Sasha Group, which, which you know, uh, caters to uh, uh, small and medium-sized businesses, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, uh, smaller brands and larger portfolios. So, you know, these folks didn't have a voice. They're, they're used to being, um, you know, we like to say serviced by B players and C companies, you mm -hmm. know, and, and we just kind of brought them in and brought them to the A-team. Uh, I like the fact that the Sasha Group is positioned as a consulting company on the front end and an advertising agency on the back end. 
Yeah. Um, I, I like some of what uh, uh, Sir Martin Sorrell just described as what the agency of the future needs to look like. You know, it, it needs to have senior leadership. It needs to uh, be able to recruit. It needs to be able to train. Uh, that's kind of, we all, do, we do that in the Sasha group, right? I have a yeah. recruiting arm. I have an educational arm. Um, we have the consulting arm. We have the digital advertising piece. So I like how we're, and, and we have the resources of VaynerX behind us. So, right. you know, the production, the production yeah, is, that's what I'm saying. yeah, it's too heavy for my, for my small team. I went there and I was like, I'm going to do something city. here. I'm going to have a show out of this place. I'm going to show up on set one day here. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. and, and realize when, when Gary built that, you know, uh, now probably close to three years ago, it was way too much horsepower for a small social media advertising company. People yeah. rolling their eyes like, what are you doing here? You know, but, but, you know, he was building for the future. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a facility that allows you to, to do a face, uh, you know, a uh, iPhone video and a Super Bowl commercial in the same you know, right in the same place. So you know. Yeah, you guys did a Super Bowl commercial, and then you have. I uh, I know at the time they were fine viewers. I'm not sure if it's still the same, but the Morning Toast, which is a hugely successful uh, yeah. Instagram show. Yeah. Um, I think we it's did. Girl with No Job, the, and mm -hmm. and there's somebody else in the show too. But I just thought that was so cool to see that the different, like just experimenting with scale. It was like this is a room where we can have yeah. two people, and it'd be awkwardly quiet, and right. then this is a room where we could have 300 people. Um, yeah. And that, look, not to toot our own horn, but it's it's important that you. No, realize. come on, this is time, man. This is time we, to solicit. We did three <laughs> Super Bowl commercials. Wow. With three different clients at the same time. Okay. And, I never, and did, the Mr. I never Pima, did that. That's VaynerMedia, right? That's that's VaynerMedia and and the Vayner Productions. You know, uh, did that. I mean. But it was all I, under you guys. Was there any other uh, uh, like advertising agencies that worked with you, or that was all done by VaynerMedia? No, no, no. You know, we we, we look. We always partner with, with others to help us, but uh, those yeah. were, those were VaynerMedia that's clients, crazy. right? Uh, um, Hard Rock, uh, Mr. Peanut, Hard Rock FM, Mr. Peanut, and uh, uh, Sabra, the uh, hummus, right? So, yeah um ideas resonate in, in our hallways and you know so uh even even when i was down at sachi we never did that for three different clients that is a really really big deal Ambitious, we yeah. might have done two commercials for toyota because they ran one in the first half one in the second half right but, but to do three super bowl commercials for three different clients in the same That's year is kind of yeah that's a big deal yeah do you think that you know there's always all this talk about i'm kind of in the um, and I know that you have a great appreciation for, for the creative side of the advertising agency. I know that you, uh, you had moved your desk to be closer to the creatives and, you know, you are a big believer. And I think Gary's too, just that the, you know, the creative and the idea, perfect, the Mr. Peanut, perfect idea, perfect example of a well thought out idea. Um, but how much of it do you think like in the future when everyone wants to be on their own, there's all talk about like, especially now, like work from home. Everyone, you know, all these independent creatives and they're not going to want to, do you buy all that as somebody who, who works at such a large scale? Do you think that it's possible that it'll be like independent contributors or do you think that there needs to be that, that wow factor? Yeah, look, know? I think Gary's vision is uh, the way you have outsourced uh, 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 production or outsourced uh, development out of India. You know, he believes that there should be pools of creatives, right? Because mm -hmm. remember, in, in, in his mind, it's, it's, it's more about the volume of creative rather than the masterpiece of creative. You asked, you asked me earlier how should you be advertising during these times. During these times, nobody's going to remember how beautiful your creative is. 
all right? Right. They, they want a functional message that resonates with them, all right? So, so this, is, uh, this is a matter of putting out volumes of content and, and seeing what resonates with your audience and doubling down on the stuff that does and walking away from the stuff that doesn't, not, not being too passionate about the creative idea. There, there is no can this year, right? So you don't have to worry right. about winning awards. There is no can. I have no just, jealousy for me. Every year I'm like super jealous. I see you and like Nick Biorides and all these people that are like there at like cans and stuff. And I'm always like, damn, one day I'll be a real boy. But not this year. You're all home. You're all home just like your boy Rob. Everybody's home. Everybody's That's home. Good. So, you know, good. It, it's about the volume of content now. Yeah, definitely. For sure. What is the experience like working with big global brands and then having to pivot and now work with smaller companies? Relatively speaking, smaller, you know, you get, yeah. Doing no, no, no. But look, they're, def they're <laughs> definitely smaller, and that's the design, right? So, so yeah. The, the, remember, the Sasha Group came about because Gary said, "Hey, James, you know, we built a company to service Fortune 500. I, I have, at the time, he had six or seven million followers, and he said, uh, you know, I, I don't have a product. I don't have a company to service these small businesses. Uh, you know, and and they need help, and I have a passion for them. I'm on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, right? They're they're looking at me. So how how do we give them something? The right. beauty of what we've done with the Sasha Group is is that uh, the people that we took over have have uh, a heart for the entrepreneur, so so they have this entrepreneurial DNA, which we like to say is infused with Fortune 500 experience, right? So That's so good. they have these this big brand experience in the in the background, um, and they and they know you know, big brands do a lot of things right. Big agencies do a lot of things right, right? We're yeah. Discussing this uh, with um, uh, with my leadership team, you know, and I was like, look, everybody likes to poke uh, the holes that all the stuff that big agencies are doing wrong. But, you know, when, when billion dollar brands want to spend billions of dollars, they go to big agencies. You know? Right. They're the people that have done it before. And know exactly. Right. So, you know, when I was at Interbrand, I, 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 I was there during the dot-com uh, era when, when a lot of companies were going public and, and, the, and I couldn't figure out these companies, their prospectus, they would feature Interbrand in the prospectus. And it was because our brand was given their brand credibility, right? They can go to investors and investors would be like, oh, wow, these guys actually had their brand done by Interbrand. Right, the serious. brand oh. behind. And you, was that when you guys were working with JCPenney, right? JCPenney and... Uh, well, J.C. Penny was actually at Saatchi and Saatchi. We Saatchi and advertising Saatchi, yes. uh, there for, for, for them. Another, Literally before, yeah. You know, not, another brand that was back then. Uh, at the it, time, they were that, that was huge. Yeah, at that time. Um, they, they again, were, time flies. They were uh, uh, about to fall off the face of the earth, uh, and uh, <laughs> we kind of resurrected them. Now, you know, they still have a similar faith now, but that's yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. You gotta get them swoop back in. Maybe, maybe yeah. they want to work with. The, maybe they'll be working with the Saatchi Group soon. Who knows? Yeah, look, look. The interesting thing about my time at Saatchi was they had more number one brands in their portfolio than any other advertising company, right? So they had forty number one brands. So right. the the trick with that is. Getting a, a brand to number one status is one thing. Helping a brand maintain number one status for 40 years, like we did with, with Cheerios or with Toyota or with uh, Olay or Tide, you know, those are all number one brands. Might be a Tide ad. That's a Saatchi and Saatchi ad, just to prove your point. Yeah, exactly. I do my exactly. homework. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that was what that company's claim to fame was. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. 
do you think that like can you take those same principles of design those same like you know like when you're working with like procter and gamble and stuff like tide and, and stuff like that can you take that same communication and then just kind of act as an expert and then show small businesses that or does it have to be two fundamentally different yeah no 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 because what we what we tell them now is you know gary always talks about marketing in the year in which you live right yeah. so you know back then we were using focus groups to try and but now yeah social media i could take it to you know hundreds We've of thousands of people you know what i mean uh, i don't need 12 people behind a two-way glass mirror anymore yeah. so uh, you know um uh, we talked about storyboard, animatic, focus group, throw it away, storyboard, animatic, focus group. That, that's right. why we used to do it. You know, yeah. now you could, you could do three uh, uh, videos on Facebook, see which one performs the best, tweak it up a little bit, and take it to television. Right. You know, but all three are working for you at the time that you're running them. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, recognizing we, we leverage learnings from from all of these different companies right because that that's another thing a lot of people say we're in advertising we're in marketing it's a very broad term you know i was yeah. telling you look i was in public relations i was in branding i was in mobile media i was in general market advertising i've been in digital and social they're, they're all different you know there's yeah. all nuggets of gold in each one of those uh and yeah. you know the one that knows how to use them and how to pull the levers uh is who wins Right. So, you know, we've been able with the Sasha group to, to take out some of those nuggets of gold from from each of those experiences that that I've had as as the Sasha group leader. Right. Uh, and that my leadership team have seen by working with them. You know, I got a lot of senior people around me in the yeah. Sasha group and, um, uh, you know, they uh, they are adapting quickly to uh uh you know to, to areas that they may not have always practiced when they were at VaynerMedia or Ogilvy or wherever else they were uh yeah. but they but they saw them from afar they saw another company doing that you know and they recognized the value of it and now we're kind of you know bringing that all in that's why I've, i'm talking about running it like a consultancy more so than an agency right yeah. that's that's the kpmg approach that's the the goldman sachs approach that's the interbrand approach those were more like consultancies yeah than than uh you know sachi or, or vayner or anybody else yeah definitely i i've always kind of appreciated those places that are, are those coming from a consultancy place because it's there's there's kind of like a level of, of empathy there there there's it's like it's like you're pairing like the expertise of the people that are, are going to put the work out into the world and you're taking that and then you're putting that with like empathy, like a level of like giving a shit, because if you're just doing it as advertising, it just comes across your desk. And I've seen it before as a designer, it kind of just comes across your desk. Like this is an ad lab for this company and they're doing it. And this is like their targeted thing. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like if you're doing it in a consultancy thing, you're thinking to yourself like, okay, when we turn over these assets to these people, how are they going to use them? And like, so that's kind of cool. Right. I don't Compared to you, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So, no, I mean, you know, just the appreciation for design itself. You know, I have yeah. a great appreciation. Yeah, you're big on that, which I, I always like. It's cool. Yeah, but you know, logo design is different than package design. You know, which is different than structural design. So, that, yeah. that's yeah. You know, that, look, there's no substitute for wisdom and experience, and that's what you get when you're in the space for 30 years. So, you know, that's that's what I bring to the table. Right. Uh, you know, and and being able to to point to the the different nuances of, of each. Uh, and to and to you know, I've been really fortunate and blessed to have contacts in all those spaces that I could lean on at any time. So if my people need 
uh, professional development or education. I'd be like, all right, we're going to call this guy in. He'll, he'll give you an right. hour of this time. You know? Yeah, you said there's not a single person that you've worked with that, that has like bad things to say. Like you can call any of your former bosses and stuff like that. And I remember like that you yeah. wanted your bosses, I again, listen to the podcast today. I, I, this is not like top of mind. It probably is somehow. But uh, that you had, and you always kind of make these big pivots, right? And there's a question here I'm gonna get to in a second, but just along this line, you, you've had times in your life where you worked at Goldman Sachs and, and is it Sachs or is there, is there an S Sachs. again? Sachs, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm an idiot, sorry. Um, but you've had these times where you've like had it all and then just done something completely different. Mm. Do, you, do you like being in, the, in that mode? Like if, do you get to a place like you feel like too comfortable and then you have to switch it up or is it just uh, like uh, being intellectually promiscuous as my friend Lee Mashmeyer says? Well, look, it's a personal preference, but I was I was always a guy that liked to leave on top, right? So um, yeah, you know, I get that. I, I so much respect how Derek Jeter ended his career, um, you know, and just kind of w walked away on top. You know, he didn't even want to get back into the batter's box when when he did his walk off game winning RBI at his last home game. He's like, you know what? I know we got another three games. I'm like. Ugh. I don't know if I want to get in the field anymore. I don't want, like, this is a good way to go. So, um, wow. you know, um, I, you're a big I, Yankees I, fan. I, I know that about you. You're a huge Yankees fan, right? Yeah. yeah and I'm missing them right now. <laughs> that's for sure. Me too. Uh, me but, too. But yeah, those were, those were pivots, uh, at high points, you know, um, uh, but yeah. fortunate to have, uh, uh, people who were, and I, and I always left the right way. I think that's important too. You know, never a yeah. two week notice or anything like that. You never left in a blaze of glory kind of thing and then had to come back on 10 Absolutely not. And, and I really try to advise even people that resign from me. You know what I mean? I'm like, listen, do the right thing here on the way out. I, I know, I know the standard is two weeks. I get it. But realize where you're going is never going to want you any more than the day that you're going there. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's going to be their best day. So yeah, now, if they want you that bad, and you tell them, look, I, I, I'm, I have to give three weeks here, they won't pull the job because you didn't give a two week notice. Yeah, All right. When they but ask, anything, they might you give them three weeks. They did, or yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and you could always say, look, you'd want the same thing done for you. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that's yeah. what I said. You know, when I uh, when I left Interbrand, um, I think I, I think I gave three or four, three or four months notice and Sachi was like you know but you're you know what are you what are you doing you don't you don't have to give right that, like aren't you know, afraid that people are going to turn with you in that time contractual obligation i said listen you'd want the same thing you'd want the same thing and who That's knew cool. five or six years later when i left to go to cedo i did the same thing with them gave them their three or four months notice you know to, to kind of get out of was that like privately amongst the board or was that like to the people that work for you kind of thing um, no, it's really, you know, the people that I was working for, you know, the people that needed to, to know you told them. Come yeah, on. I yeah. wanted to lead them in a, in a good spot. You know, there were times where I resigned to my bosses and they were like, look, don't say anything. So in, in the case of Interbrand, you know, I think I resigned in November and they were like, listen, we want to tell people when we come back in the new year. Right. Just we get it, you know, play. Yeah, he's already time. off somewhere else doing something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's how that's how that one played out. That's good. We have a question here from uh, the real George Blanco. I like that handle. Uh, how mm -hmm. important is diversification in your offerings in times like this? I think we've kind of covered that, but uh, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, uh, look, it, it, it's always good to not have all your eggs in one basket, right? This is, this is when it's important uh, to even have multiple vendors, right? Think about it. Some, some of the vendors that you were in, in bed with are, are you know, uh, not going to be around anymore. So diversification yeah. is always a good idea. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we do that at the Sasha Group. It's why, you know, we, we have business in media. We have business in consulting. We have business in marketing. We have business in education. You know, we, we try to diversify out the portfolio. I have business in the North office. I have business in the South office. So Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee. That's right. Yep. When this all clears up, I want to go down to, to Tennessee. I want to do something. Just just cover the airfare. If there's still airplanes, cover the airfare and the hotel. And I, I want to go get some Tennessee barbecue because I went to South Carolina and uh, mm -hmm. I want to go hang out. I guess, is Mickey Cloud still there in Tennessee? Mickey, Mickey Cloud is the executive director of the Sasha South office. And uh, he, he's there. He, he was your uh, NASCAR connection. That's his Are you client. guys still working with NASCAR? Or? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, uh, it's a fun story just while we're here, just to kind of break things up. I uh, always had it where, like, when I was growing up, I was really into NASCAR. It's how I got into the branding space. You know, actually, uh, speaking of your work, there's probably some tie in here. Um, be interesting to see if there is. I was obsessed with all things like the, like the color orange. That's why the meat creators is orange. But uh, the Tide car was Ricky Rudd, and they used to have all like, these different paint schemes, and, and then the brands would like do a different. So, anyway. So I pushed that all aside when I was in college because I was trying to be the cool artsy kid. And then it doesn't go with a narrative. You can't be artsy, hanging out with your hipster friends in Brooklyn. And then- no, but, but you can be into orange if you go to Syracuse, apparently. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I know a guy who's really into Syracuse, it's funny. Um, but anyway, cutscene a couple years later, I'm a little bit older. I'm kind of coming back to these like childhood memories. I get back into NASCAR and then I, that, you had them as a client. Long story short, you introduced me to uh, Mickey Cloud and then Chris Littman and some other folks at NASCAR. And I ended up meeting my favorite NASCAR driver like ever. It was the best experience of my life. My mom said it was the best day outside of like the day we were born and the day she got married. She said it was the best day of her life. And that was just something you guys just did like, like no problem, like send yeah. the tickets. And dreams cool. come true in the land of Vayner X. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I sometimes I wonder like what, when I'm freaking out about these things, because I know that you guys, I see like your stories and Claude and you know, everyone like you guys get to have these, these great experiences. And sometimes I wonder, it's like, do I seem like naive? Cause I haven't really traveled and done all this stuff, but it just was such a big deal to me. It's just something I never thought would happen. So thank you. I blew yeah. up your guys on Instagram for like three straight weeks with that yeah. content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember saying that. Oh, <laughs> it was clear that you were a happy camper. So. Yeah, for sure. See, seeing a pit stop right in front of you, I don't care if you hate NASCAR, seeing that in person and being yeah. like right behind them when they jump over the wall, unbelievable experience. All right, I'm done nerding out here. Uh, if, if you guys have any questions, I think it cuts us off at about an hour. Do you have anything that you want to talk about that you want to get out there, put at scale here for my limited audience? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is uh, we're in strange and unusual times, okay, where we're pleading with our clients to try not to make black and white decisions. This, this is a time to kind of stay in the gray. We believe the game's going to be won in the gray, okay? Um, uh, we, we don't want it to be uh, too... Um, uh, uh, you know, too doom and gloom. No, nobody really knows what's what's on the other side. What we do know is that uh, if you've read any of my pieces, uh, if you read that piece, I was young and now I'm old. You know, where I take you through three different 
Um, oh yeah, I use all my claps on Medium. I, 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 I stockpile my claps and then when you put them up there, I use them all. Yeah, okay. Great well, article, by the way, it gave a lot of context. It actually made yeah, me feel it was, better. It was just, you know, we're trying to put out comforting information, right? We, we did that in our last Sasha Saturdays post, right? So, so yeah, if yeah. you know anything about Sasha Saturdays, it came about after the uh, Small Business Saturday in November. We said, hey, we should, we should continue this for small businesses. So the last Saturday of every month, we dedicate to Sasha Saturdays. And it's a tribute to small businesses. We use it as a community board. You know, the, a lot of people engage in the comments. And um, the last Saturday of March, we posted uh, business pivots that we saw. You know, just interesting pivots, right? The, um, uh, the hair salon that was closed, but then thought enough to mix the coloring of, of their customers uh, so you and, and provide instructions that you could pick up curbside so you're not necessarily just using like a L'Oreal color box that might not match your hair. Right. It's the actual color of your hair. That's cool. Uh, call ahead, we'll mix it for you. Yeah. Um, the restaurants who pivoted not only to, uh, to uh, takeouts, as so many have, but uh, some that went so far as to begin to jar their sauces. Uh, cryovac their meats and almost turn into like a local deli or butcher right. by, by selling through there. Um, mm. The veterinarian who allowed curbside pickup, pass your dog through the window, will, will you know, uh, handle the dog. I love the pizzeria that was selling the raw ingredients so you could make your stuff at home and That's make it part cool. of, you know, instead of charging 16 bucks for a pizza, here's 10 bucks. I'm going to give you the raw dough, the sauce and the cheese. And now as a family, go make your own pizza. And then you'll yeah. post it online and be like, this is the, like, you know, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. 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 These exactly. are, these are the types of things that, you know, small businesses are doing to pivot. We, we applaud them. We celebrate. I love that. I get excited when I hear things like that. And that's why I think it's so cool what you're doing because it's like, I'm sure it translates like there's a great idea is a great idea. And if you put aside all the semantics, you know what a great idea is. I actually right. talked to the CEO one time of, and I don't know if you guys know each other, but I have to introduce you. Uh, Joanne Chan, she's the CEO of Turner Duckworth. And um, you guys will get along great. Um, but she was talking about Jeff Bezos and the Amazon logo. Talk about a logo that has equity. And just they yeah. could literally do a smile. And uh, it was just such a good idea that like they did a they did a couple pitches and he came back for the third time he walked in they they did a smile he got up like the meeting wasn't even over yet and he said and he's like they're like but we still have more to show you he's like no that's it i'm buying it like we're, do, we're doing it. that's that's the logo and we're done and he's like anyone that doesn't like this logo doesn't like puppies or or, right. or, or whatever yeah. it was and but it's just a great idea well executed it's easy to spot it's easy to navigate it doesn't matter if it's a big business or a small business that's like being innovative and doing something that makes people go, oh, shit, like that thing on, you know, that could go viral, that thing on Facebook, too. That's what's so cool about, you know, you do these things mm. to try and pivot your business, but they're on it when it's mm. an unexpected solution, you could actually have it kind of go viral and people talk about it. So, no, it's uh, exactly. And uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm wondering if the term going viral will be socially accepted after this COVID-19. Right? Think point. about that. We used to celebrate going viral. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's going to resonate well, post this. That's a million, talking about good ideas, you got to figure out what's the next thing. I went up with the question here, I missed somebody before here, it's uh, GL Barnes, James, if you were launching the Sasha Group all over again, what would you do differently? And what do you think is, sorry, I suck at reading aloud. 
or what do you think is still underdeserved element of marketing that even your business isn't fulfilling? Um, uh, I think I read that. Sasha again. Uh, so first of all, I absolutely love our business model. There's not much I would change about it. Uh, however, I think we're going to skew higher. So initially we launched and said we service companies between one and a hundred million. The fact of the matter is, I think we can go as high as 200 million. So that's, that's the uh, one thing I would do. The second thing, uh, and we're going to do more of it in 2020 is we're going to do a lot more in the branding space, brand positioning, brand architecture, logo design. Uh, I'll come be an art director for the Dodger Group. I'll come do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that that's uh, so we're leaning in more heavily on that because these these size businesses really need that. But right. you know, the word of caution: we're not going to be the guy doing a five thousand dollar logo when people can get a logo for five hundred bucks. We will be the people who who do you know a, a full brand identity, uh, you know, for one hundred and fifty thousand in ninety days when that would have probably been you know, five months and half a million if you were at Interbrand or, or uh, Lando or Enterprise, you know. Right. So that's the kind of space that uh, that we'll play in there. But like when you say like $100 million, like for a business, like what is, what's like the budget for a company, like a Procter and Gamble kind of thing? And how much are they, are they spending just, just as much, if not even more, or are they just spending less in a more smart way these days? No, I mean, look, those those are big brands. You know, when we were working, probably not a good example, Procter and Gamble. But you know, like, a, what is a big yeah. company spending? What is you know? When we were working with J.C. Penney, they were spending five hundred million dollars a year. Damn, that's crazy. So I th- I think that kind of gives you a perspective, or you know, and that's in that, the nineties or two thousand. Yeah, that was uh, two thousand and six. You know, seven that that kind of stuff. So, uh, it, it, but it's. Right now, it's not so much about the spend; it's about the smartness of the spend, right? And how yeah. how you are uh, uh, spending it. There's there's the conversation of working versus non-working, right? Um, the agency fees versus the production expense versus the media spend. Um, we we talk about uh, um, this is about capturing attention uh, that's underpriced, you know, and and looking for where the people are. Uh, how can I get to them by spending the least amount of money? You know, um, yeah. have we done multiple, multiple million dollar single television commercials? And the answer is, yeah, we have. But, you know, have have we gotten people noticed for $25,000? The answer is, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, it's we we work within our client's budget uh, to to tell them how we would maximize that spend. OK, yeah. as long as you leave me one variable. You know, you, you can you can say, look, I want this thing on Tuesday. How much is it going to cost? I want this thing. I want to spend 50000 When can I get it? I need something on Tuesday. I want to spend fifty grand. What might that be? See how you always give me one variable? But if you say, mm-hmm. I want this on Tuesday for 50000 you've taken away all my variables. You got to leave me one. Right. Okay. You don't get to dictate all of them. That's what's yeah. different about the Sasha group. Okay. We're That's not cool. going to be a waitress. We're not going to take your order. Okay. Right. We will be a maitre d' and tell you what we believe you should do yeah. as long as you leave me one variable. Yeah, for sure. You actually, perfect segue, by the way. I'm so proud of myself that I remember this. You actually said to me that you don't like, uh, I think it was like spikiness in your offerings. I forgot the exact semantics, but 
<clears throat> like you were saying to your kids that if, like, if you're going to be a B student, be a B student, but don't give me an A and then all and of that. Right, right. But it's like the same right. thing. Like, if you go to McDonald's, you know what you're yeah. expecting. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. The consistency of the offering, you know, even yeah. if it's consistently uh, just mediocre, that's fine. I, you know, I know what to expect when I go there. Right. But, you know, don't don't be a hero one day and then come crashing and burning the next day. So, you know, we, we bring that to our clients from the Sasha group. You know, we're we're consistent in, in our delivery. Uh, they can oh, rely you, on. You said you're an A. How would you rate yourself? An A, B? Where are you at now? Where would you like look, to in this space, I think we're a freaking A+. Plus. I mean, I you it. know, to, to birth the company and, and you know, kind yeah. of do $10 million out of the box in the first year, uh, you know, we're... we're we're well positioned. Gary has uh, has positioned us well in the marketplace. Do you guys ever get kind of because I know I know, you know, like there's always there's no matter what you do. I, I I'm from the design space. I know all about people like Monday morning quarterbacking a, a design change or why they did something. But um, in your time at, at Vayner and now at the Sasha Group, did you ever have a time where people were like, like you felt like people were saying that they couldn't do it, and then you proved them wrong? And like, how good does that feel when you do that? Because I know that you guys, comp comparatively to these other agencies, it's like you weren't working with the same assets, but you managed to be on the same stages and attain the same accolades, which is what I have always found out to be really impressive, you know? Yeah, you know, there's a difference between co uh, confident and cocky. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're, we're certainly confident in our offering. We don't look to rub people's faces in there or prove them wrong, you know. Right. We, uh, we're But the fortunate. people judge you, I mean. Like, when you guys were, yeah. like, the new hot agency, where people like, who is this? Vayner Media. Yeah, you know, Vader. look, we were, we're <laughs> flying the radar screen right now as the Sasha group. You know, Gary hit what I like to call the give a shit screen when he, when he hit a hundred million dollars. And I was like, look, you're not going to fly under the radar screen anymore. When you, right. when you're, when you hit that number, uh, you know, that level of awareness, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I came to the company, there were 42 million, you know, then we went to 67 million then we went to a hundred million. I was like, okay, here it is now, Gareth. This is when people are going to notice. <laughs> people know who you are. Yeah. Officially, right? Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it's a little harder to fly under that, that radar screen now. We as the Sasha group, we're still under the radar screen. You know, most don't don't know that we're out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm hoping that I'm I'm scaling this tonight. Uh, this has been so great. Thank you so much for all your for your time tonight. I know it cuts us off in an hour. I talked to you for another hour, but I'll make sure we get a good ending here. Uh, okay. Where can people find you online, James Orsini? Right. Yep. So I, I am uh, James Orsini on uh, Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Snapchat. I am at Jimmy the Pencil in uh, Twitter. Yes. Uh, medium is also James Orsini. I love your medium, by the way. If, if Thank for my, my personal recommendations, if you're going to go check out any of that, I, you know, James has done great things. Go check out his medium. Sorry, it's weird to talk about you when you're right here. Um, was last thing while we have a minute here, uh, Jimmy the pencil. Uh, is that just because you're an operations guy? Because you can move, because you you make things happen, and it's kind of become like this legend in my mind. Like I was like, I'm gonna meet my favorite NASCAR driver, and then it was like, let me just facilitate this for you. It's pretty crazy. I've been impressed over the years. It's funny when they set up my Twitter account, and uh, that uh, I think that was set up in 2011, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was at Jimmy the Pencil, the shit fixer is what right. they call it. Call yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it came from two things. One, because obviously I'm, a, I'm an accountant by background. But the fact of the matter was, and someday I'll share this with you, uh, in, in uh, high school and when I started college, I, I had a, a, a 
uh, a razor thin pencil thin mustache. That on purpose or that you down. No, 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 on purpose, on purpose. Okay. I would shave it down and, uh, you know, uh, look, up a guy Italian, by... <laughs> <laughs> look up a guy by the name of Clark Gable. Okay. As an old actor, and you'll see he had this mustache that was down. So that was another reason why he had the pencil uh, stuff. Okay. Uh, I, and, and, I all, and then don't forget the Sasha group. All the Sasha group, yes. everything is the Sasha group. The URL, all the uh, um, platform handles, the Sasha group. Great people. I met a few people now from the Sasha group. I, listen, if I was a small, you know, again, relatively speaking, if I was in that position looking to work with someone, I'd work with you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's going to cut us off here, but while we have time, and maybe it'll cut us off, but who knows? Was there ever a time, just to that point, like a few ago, where you were talking about money, people spending money on things? You've worked on huge accounts, like lots of money going around. Was there ever a time where you saw an absorbent amount of money thrown at something, and it was just a burning inferno, like Super Bowl commercial? Like, maybe not like an 80s. Does that happen, or... Like, yeah, you know, I, I think that what was interesting, you, you, you started with the finance guy sitting on the creative floor, right? So yeah. that was a decision that I made when I was when I went to work at Saatchi and Saatchi. They were going to give me a big office on the accounting floor. And I took a small office on the creative floor next to the chief creative officer. Right. And it was a strange decision at the time. And everybody, you know, rolled their eyes. And then I remember when I showed up on my first commercial shoot. And I had the director and the producer come over and they said, you know, we've been doing this for 15, 20 years. We, we've never had a finance or op guy here. Right. And I'm like, really? I said, aren't we spending like a million and a half dollars on this? You know, it was a, a commercial for uh, Progresso Soup. I'll never forget it. You yeah. know, remember the, the Ring Ring Soup campaign, you know, where they would yeah. pull down like a, a soup. Uh, yeah, I'm a real nerd camp. about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm like, I can't believe like so much money is being spent here and nobody ever shows up to kind of check it out, you know? Uh, so that like was- Like who knows the real... what they're doing with the money, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the real aha for me. That's, that's and you know, that's why I, was, I would spend some time on the commercial shoots that when we, when we did our first um, uh, augmented reality uh, a video for Diageo, uh, that was- uh, That's like um, Ciroc and stuff, right? Yeah, around uh, drunk driving. It was around drunk driving. Right. Um, I went to the commercial shoot, you know, uh, here uh, at, at uh, VaynerMedia, too. And again, wow. they, they were shocked that there was an ops guy walking around on, on the shoot, you know. And I was like, wait a second, we're, we're spending a million dollars here. I want to see where... Now, it was really somebody else's money. It's the client's money, but, right. you know... I still felt fiduciarily responsible, you know, responsible for, for the spend. So that's, so uh, cool. that's why when, when it came time to have somebody run the studio in Long Island City when we were between heads before we hired uh, Aaron Coban, um, I was a guy. Yeah, for sure. Dude, this has been so great. Let's, uh, let's hop on one time down, down the road. Hopefully it's not three years from now, but this has been great. Right. I had a lot of fun. This, Good. Me too. We, we just happen to put a conversation at scale tonight. That's when I think this podcast is at its best. We're kind of just like talking and then it's just like yeah. going places. So we did that. James, been I great catch up. And when this is over, we're getting together and we're going to go and have a nice Italian dinner somewhere, somewhere in Jersey. Great. Looking forward to it. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers.